Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's just enough. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation and this is a special edition of the Andy Campbell Football Show, the Andy Campbell Football Show Extra and it's also episode number 64. This show is available live on Facebook, YouTube and Periscope stroke Twitter. Ace Podcast Nation also your home to other great shows and series featuring top guests expert analysts and more so please follow us on social media subscribe to the youtube channel you can find links to all of those in the description below as well as at the closing credits and of course you can follow the andy campbell show on all social media at ac footy show as seen under mr campbell's face and uh, just as we wait for the the room to fill up and let me give people a chance to get in uh, i just like to say a massive thank you to martin spate and black diamond sports for supporting the show and the channel as much as they do. Black Diamond Sports is a global sports agency representing sports stars from around the world. For more information, visit their social media pages or indeed visit their brand new website. Uh, the links again in the description and the closing credits. And uh, lastly, but certainly not least, I would like to say thank you to Darren Ralston and Bespoke Financial for sponsoring today's show. And uh, here's a very quick word from them. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my auntie Louise told mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if mummy or daddy got sick. 
Then we'd get enough money to take care of us, and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and Mummy and Daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. Huge thank you to Darren and Bespoke Financial. Bespoke Financial specialise in life insurance, critical illness, income protection, mortgages and of course sports cover. So check their website and their social media pages in the links below. And uh, again, huge thank you to them as they already dominate the insurance scene in Teesside and they're expanding around the UK. And uh, I urge you all to check them out because I've heard exceptionally good things and uh, my well my co-host uses them himself and he speaks very highly of them but anyway tonight we're doing something slightly different as uh, we're on a break from the championship so we like to keep it fresh do things different freshening up a bit keep you on your toes so uh, we'll be discussing non-league football and semi-professional football in detail with not one but two guests so joining me to get stuck into this subject we first have the goal collector Davy Jones's favourite son, Cardiff City and Middlesbrough legend, Mr. Andrew Campbell. How are you, my friend? I'm good, mate. Yeah, this is uh, this is this is going to be really interesting. This because uh, I think there's uh, there's there's good links between uh, obviously professional and uh, and semi-professional clubs. Obviously, I've been luckily enough, and I'll say the word lucky because I'll, I'll explain that later on. But uh, lucky enough to do to do both because. Um, uh, because those guys who don't get an opportunity to do both um, sometimes think they're missing out on something. But I think the story which uh, which I'll tell very soon uh, will probably portray a different story to maybe somebody else. But no, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I am as well. Um, I'm obviously I'm not as familiar with um, kind of non-league football and lower league football really as I am with the Championship and League One and the Premier League. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it because I think it's going to be a very interesting. Uh, so firstly joining us we have an ex-professional footballer, current Spennymore Town manager, he's won three promotions, he's now just two steps away from the Football League, Mr Jason Ainsley, welcome Jason, how are you mate? Yeah I'm good, thanks for inviting me mate, uh, just going back to your, uh, your advertisement of Darren, he's done well since he left me down Ralston hasn't he? Yeah, he played for you Jazz, he played for you? Did he? No, he, was, he played for me, an assistant manager for me. Oh, did he? Oh, wow, wow. I, didn't, I never knew that. I never knew that. I hope he's, he better. He better be watching. By the way, if he's, if he's watching, put a comment yeah. on. We can we can dish the dirt on Jay. Yeah, dish the dirt. Well, dish the dirt. Yeah. Now he's. Uh, I, I, I've known Darren for um, for donkey's years through, through through family and stuff. Or obviously through my brother, um, and doing a great job now and, and and helping a lot of footballers out with with insurance. You know that I, I got involved with him um, probably when I went into the semi-professional game and. It gave me peace of mind, Jay, you know, that, 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 that I, not that I ever tackled, by the way, but every time I got tackled, I used to think, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not protected, I'm not protected, but it just gives you that peace of mind. That, that, Typical that, that striker. Got, yeah, mate. You don't Typical need to tackle. Striker. It's all about, you know, it's all about Sophia. Sophia. Yeah, he's a top lad. He's a good laddie. Good lad. But um, speaking of uh, strikers, the person who uh, stops those strikers would obviously be a defender. <laughs> and I was thinking, secondly, secondly, Gethin scored goals, surely. He must have scored at least a couple. We have uh, ex-Bath City, Merthyr Tidville, Port Talbot Town, Sirencester Town, and of course the mighty Bluebirds uh, defender, Mr Gethin Jones. How are you, my friend? 
very good, Simon. Happy to be on you. Looking forward to it. Yeah, this. thanks for coming on. No, it's going to be good, mate. I'm really, uh, really excited that you're both on. Um, it does, it's going to give us a great insight from, um, from obviously current, you know what I mean, players. Obviously, I know you're packed in now, Geth, but current players who, who, who've, who've, who've played now. And obviously, yeah. Jay's managed for, seems like a lifetime, to be honest, yeah. Jay, doesn't it? But, um, yeah. but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really exciting. Really exciting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So, obviously, Geth, you popped on before for a little cameo when uh, we were surprised Mr. Campbell on one of the Monday good, shows. Good to show that, good yeah. to show that. But um, that. just a, a little disclaimer for maybe some of the regular viewers. I know uh, Geth is obviously an ex-Cardiff player as well, but um, we are going to be focusing on uh, non-league football and semi-professional football. So, we're probably not going to get into loads of questions about Cardiff. You know, we might touch on a couple towards the end, but uh, just... You know, just if people get a bit thing if I'm not answering their questions about Cardiff. But um, anyway, so uh, before we go into any other business, which is not going to be non-league, we're going to talk, well, we're going to do the Magnificent Seven. But because there's two guests, I've decided I'm going to split it up. So it's going to be quick-fire questions. It's going to be three for Gaffin, three for Jay, and one for Campbell. Ruthless. <laughs> this is ruthless, by the way. This, this is ruthless. So let's see. Uh, all you've got to do is just answer honestly. And uh, don't think about it too much. And uh, if you want to give a reason, Andy, you can give a reason as well. <laughs> can I Can I just uh, defend myself before this starts, by the way, that you two gentlemen have not had anything to do with what's going to get mentioned in the next two or three minutes. So this is all he's doing. This is all he's doing. <laughs> don't know what you're on about. Um, who wants to go first? Me. No, you're last. <laughs> right, yeah, another on. question. I know it. I'll have a go Andy. first then. Go on then. Get in first then. Nice and easy to start. Messi or Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Merthyr or Cardiff? Oh, that's Cardiff. Oof. <laughs> Good lad. Dave Jones or Andy Campbell? Andy Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'd have uh, been out of the chat straight away. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, they're both, both, both tricks. So. <laughs> and uh, then, Jay, we got uh, Messi, and Ronaldo. Messi or Ronaldo. Yeah, I'm gonna go Messi. Good debate, isn't it? Durham or Gateshead? Oof. Gateshead. And uh, the worst trainer you've ever managed? How long did you Oh, Callum Griffiths. Callum Griffiths. <laughs> good lad. He's a good lad, though. He's a good lad, though, Jenny. He's a good lad. Yeah, he never trained, but he was always fit in the centre, but he never trained through the week. Never Best players, so then. Got a long list. Got a long list. All right, Andy. Um, so the obvious question to ask you was Borough or Cardiff, but I felt like that was just too easy. So um, I thought I'd ask you a different question. Um, it's, it's nothing, you know, it's nothing bad. I'm just interested by the answer. Uh, ang the angriest player you've ever played with and give an example of why they Ooh. were so angry. The angriest player? Uh, I'd probably go with... I'd probably go with Paul Ince. Uh, and he was angry just because he was a winner. He was a born winner. Uh, if you didn't uh, do exactly what he wanted, he had such high standards that if you didn't do what he wanted and, and expect his expectations that he would... Um, he would tell you in no certain certain terms that, that you were doing a, a rubbish job, and and I think that gave me a good upbringing and and, and give me the um, especially in football terms of, of how we are high standards need to be because um, because if you ever if you ever if you ever relinquish those standards and, and drop them, I think you know what I mean. You don't, you're hitting the losers straight away. So um, no, I say Paulins. Good answer, good answer, mate. Um, 
So let's see, I was quite kind this week. I thought you were very you know, kind to be fair. Very yeah. kind. Maybe uh, I'll save so save kind. a good. I got a good one for Monday for our guest straight off. He's having that question straight away. But anyway, <laughs> um, so any other business to start? So this is the only part of the show where we're going to uh, veer off too much from semi-professional and uh, non-league football. We're going to talk any other business. Um, the new fixtures are out for the various leagues or the Premier League and the Championship, I think, specifically. Um, people don't seem to care, Andy. Um, no, well, has it, got, has it got the same excitement when you're not allowed into the stadium? Nothing at all, you know. That I, I've heard a rumour that, um, and somebody please tell me if I'm correct or wrong, that, um, that they're going to trial the Carabao Cup or whatever it's going to be called nowadays to... Um, to let fans back in, but they're not allowed to sing. They're not allowed to jump around. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get, you know what I mean. I know that, I know they're allowing um, supporters back in, so obviously Jay's team will um, will be able to have some fans back in from, I think, from straight away, which is fantastic news for semi-professional football and uh, and allow um, allow clubs to start generating money again. But uh, sorry, listen, I look at League One and League Two as well. That they're getting punished again. They seem to get punished every single time they get the rough end of the stick. Why, why aren't their fixtures out? They don't out? care. Because they the don't League, care the, about them. The mate. Premier League is just finished. The Championship is just finished. But League One and League Two have been finished for so long, apart from the playoffs, by the way, um, that the, the, the fixtures should be out and could still be out, but they're not. And the EFL, just every week, every week they get on my nerves and do something else wrong. Well, the Scottish League's been full flow, mate. Yeah, I know. It's already going, isn't it? It's, I, I, I find it frustrating. Yeah. Um, I, I do wonder why, like they're saying about the Carabao Cup, but like, what's the difference between the Carabao Cup and the Premier League or the, you know, whatever cup? It doesn't matter what tournament it is, does it? It's, yeah, yeah. No, it's I agree. the same thing. Um, and it, when you're asking fans to adhere to things like no singing and no chanting, it's, just, it's going to be problematic. Yeah. Um, Gethin, were you excited by the fixture release? Um, I weren't, to be honest. Um... It's just—it's not the same when you can't go and watch games, and you've got no—it's nothing. It just feels like it's dragging on, and they're not—you need to do something now. You need to get the start getting the play, you know, people back to games. I know, obviously, everything's going on, but they've got to sort of try and make something of it, or mm. you know, get well, get the fans involved in it a bit more. So I said, um, yeah, I do. I said on Monday, um, and Jason, you might be able to give insight into this. I suppose I said on Monday that in a lot of ways it's easier to get fans back now slowly into kind of non-league lower league games than maybe it is in the big stadiums because they're so big and you've got to have so many stewards and staff because of the size of the venues do you think it's easier to get crowds back at non-league venues than it is perhaps at the bigger venues yeah i do but it's i agree with andy and Geth that the goalposts change all the time you know I and mean, before lockdown Bundesliga came on, everybody was buzzing, myself included. But it just wasn't the same, was it? The, group, the games are great, but there's no atmosphere at all, no crowds there. And like Andy said there, the fixtures have just come out today. We've now been told, as a, as a National League club, a National North club, that we're still an elite club, so we can't have fans at the moment. So we have to go through all the COVID testing, we have to have a doctor on board. But that's not our pre-presentations, even further back. I think the uh, the crowd situation, I think it's been stepped through and can be low. So, I know we've got a friend on Tuesday, and I think they can have up to a hundred. Oh. Is that, 
has everyone else lost Jason's sound yeah. there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jace, your sound's gone again, mate. You just have to do what you did before. Okay. Um, Guys, back on. Oh, you're back. You're back. Yeah, back. Yeah, yeah just... there. No, we play a team in the, in the Northern League on, on Tuesday in our first friendly, and they allowed 50 supporters to steal for that. But okay. even at our level, the National League, National League, we, we, we still can't have supporters. And our fixtures are not out until September. Our, our season didn't start till October. It's just all just a mess at the moment. I agree, Jay. Because I, I, I think you know, I mean, you've got, you've got to think it from the players' point of view. That I, like, I, you know, what I mean, I, obviously, I follow, uh, I follow your team on social media. And if anybody doesn't follow, spend any more time follow it because the, the coverage is great. Obviously, training at the minute, pre-season training. I see the lads having a laugh and a joke, and obviously taking it very seriously. By the way, it's obviously hard graft, but there's got to be something for them as well. Because you know, what I mean, the, you lot, you, the staff, the players. You know what I mean? They, they want something. They want the fans there. You know what I mean? I, I couldn't imagine playing a game, a competitive game, without having a, a some kind of fans there. Because you know what I mean? You, the, scoring a goal, for example, with no fans there, yeah. it must be the most. It must be the most depressing thing in the world because you've you've got no buzz. There's no. You know what I mean? Would it be the same losing the game? Would you have the same feel? It'd probably remind me of playing uh, Ponton's League reserve team football a little bit at times yeah. and. You know what I mean, and I, I do. I do really feel for players because you know what I mean. I, look, I looked at Liverpool winning the Premier League. Yes, they were delighted, and yes, they were always going to win it. But there was an edge taken off it, and you know mm. what I mean. Would it have felt a lot more if they had won the league? And the same for Leeds United. And I, I did really feel sorry for those kind of teams, and, and still do because Leeds have, have waited for so long to get in the Premier League, um, uh, and they've getting there. The fixtures have come out. I think they've got a, a bit. They've got a big game against Liverpool, first game of the season, and it's yeah. just, it's just never, it's just not going to happen really for the fa- for the fans yeah. to be there and the players. It'll just be such a, a letdown really to not have their fans because there'll be about five six thousand fans would have would have been at Anfield to follow it as well, which is just heartbreaking. Really. Well, and do you know the other thing just to add to that is um, when you add in VAR with no fans as well, like you're going to get to. I think some particularly early in the season, you could get people scoring goals. And not even really celebrating because mm. one, they're waiting to see if it's going to be allowed as it's checked by VAR and all this, and then two, the fans aren't there, and you're just taking the the the, the gusto out of scoring a goal and the elation of scoring yeah. a goal, and they just think it's killing it. Football's well, nothing. Football Jay, is nothing without fans. I agree. Jay just said there though, didn't he? Jay just said there about about how, how everyone was buzzing. You know what I mean? Refer back to the the first game, which was live. Was um, uh, Dortmund against Celtic, va- oh. and um, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, the first game which was yeah. live from, from lockdown, and, and I was delighted to watch that game. Watched the full game. I wanted to see how I felt. I was still excited. You know, I mean, there was no crowd noise back then, and it was it was it was different, but it was new, and it was it was something that wasn't going to go away. But I always had had this dream that that finished the season. By the time the next season started, we'll be in a different position, a new scenario. But we we seem as though we're we've not really moved on a little bit so other 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 sports are moving on some areas are moving on and i just think i just think we can just just use our common sense a little bit and just just to get some kind of finances back into certain levels because i i, I look at grounds could could grounds be partially partially open you know what i mean i obviously know i know uh, obviously jason's ground really well at spenny and you know what i mean they can get fans back in you know what i mean it might yeah. not be allowed away fans so the mingling it, it just doesn't make sense to me i just don't like it i don't like the feel of it, it doesn't no, I totally agree. Totally agree. I mean, you, you just have to look and see the beaches, and they're all packed out there. And then you can't get, a, can't get 200 people come to a pre-season friendly. It doesn't make sense. And that's the annoying thing, Jane. You know, what I mean, the people put and people do it on purpose, by the way, to get a reaction. But the, the, the Brighton Beach, Red Car Beach, uh, any uh, any uh, Barry Beach, every every beach in the world that there's been thousands of people on a hot day, but 
you know what I mean? You're not allowed to go and watch your, your, your local team on a, on a pre-season game because they generate loads of money and it's not, it's not fair, you know. And, and I, I, people feel sorry for um, League One and League Two clubs and the Macclesfield Towns of this world and the Stevenage yeah. because they're the small clubs. But let's, let's be honest, there's, there's, there's more clubs than just those two who are struggling. There's semi-professional clubs who, who rely on supporters coming through the gates and can't afford to pay players. They can't probably, they're probably running on, on paper-thin squads as well. And, it's just, it's just not a, you know. What I mean, the amount of clubs we, we, we we're potentially going to lose, it's going to be ridiculous. Oh, well, yeah, that was scary, that was... scary thought. Um, very quickly, just a couple of things. Uh, Martin Spate, just uh, of Black Diamond Sport, just sent me a text. He said, uh, "Him and Neil are watching the show in the might turn I can assume that's a pub with the headphones on, and they want to ask uh, Jay, uh, is he with Virgin or BT for his internet? I assume." <laughs> but then, and yeah, and also I uh, just will say hello to my son who just uh, popped oh, into nice. the chat. Nice. Uh, as I haven't really seen him all week. But anyway, and oh yeah, I promised my builder I'd say hello to him. So hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Thanks for rescuing my home. Um, so moving on, the last bit of any other business for this evening. We had uh, the, the Europa League and the Champions League finals are set. Um, what did you think of the semi-finals, Geth, of uh, Champions League and the Europa League? Were you surprised by any results? Yeah, obviously the Barcelona result was a massive shock. Everyone knows Bayern Munich is a good side, but no one expected that result. Do you know what I mean? And it, it's made it good, really, because it obviously shows Barcelona a huge, you know, just a normal, normal team. It's just it was good, yeah. to, good to see a team do that to them. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad Paris got there finally as well because I just I feel like they've been quite unlucky over the last few years and um, I know they've spent a you know a ridiculous amount of money but I felt like they were you know they were the one there there was one year they were four 0 up against Barca and they somehow lost and I don't know it's all but um, obviously United lost to Seville which was a bit yeah. a bit of a shock maybe. But, uh, so your finals are Europa League finals, Inter Milan versus Seville. Uh, let's see who everyone thinks is going to win. We'll start with you, Jason. Who do you think is going to win out of Inter and uh, Seville? Yeah, I'm good because I'm a bit of a Man U fan, like, so I was a bit good about that result. Uh, I think Inter Milan, they'd have to win the dream final, wouldn't they? Inter Milan, they'd have to win the Lukaku, last minute winner. Yeah, you know, so I fancy them. I think we've got two good going forward, but... Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, very, yeah. Very good. Um, yeah, I thought Seville were they were technically pretty good. I yeah. didn't think they were as good as they have been in the last couple of years. Obviously, they've got a exceptional record in the Europa League. I think yeah. I think they got to four finals in the last five years or something. Yeah. something like that. Yeah. Exceptional. Um, and who have you got for that for the Inter Seville? Um, I, I agree with you. I, I look at the two front men of Martinez and, uh, and Lukaku and just think they've got too much. I, I, I can't see them not scoring. You know what I mean? And Seville don't seem to score a lot of goals. You know, I, I looked at the way they played against United. They had, they had a game plan that the soak up pressure quite well. But if it wasn't for the goalkeeper against United, they, they would have got they would have got battered. And I believe um, if they give Inter Milan those kind of chances today there's just going to be a flourish of goals and I can't see Lukaku not scoring some of those chances what United had the other day Well funny enough I thought United were really unlucky in the semi-final uh, and the quarter-final and the semi-final they came up against two keepers having the games of their lives Yeah I agree um, Like Copenhagen could have been about 6-0 and you know Seville I thought United could have been comfortably clear but the keepers had a blinder uh, Geth Inter or Seville for you? 
it's got I fancy Inter as well. Let's say it's just it's, it's, it's front two is too good. And mm. I did Seville if they get them as Andy said, if they get them chances way to you know to Inter, I just can't see Inter not scoring. Like, yeah, agreed. A little I, bit I'm, too much class. I'm going to go with Seville. Uh, for the, just, just to be just, just to be just different, cause, just because you do, yeah, just just because they're being United, that's what you do. So yeah, you do. no, I, I what I think is, I just think that they've got a massive amount of experience in that squad for European football and finals specifically. I just think, and, I think, uh, I think it can change. I think the, the reason for me why it's changed a little bit this year is because it's got a Champions League place at the end of it, and in yeah. the Milan. Uh, uh, it's had that I mean? for a couple of years, though, isn't it? it? Well, they need it this year, you know. That, you know, I mean, I know they qualified, but it's it's just it's another trophy. Conte's a manager, and you know, what I mean, for me, it's everything's set for them to win it. Yeah, Gaz in the chat just said Lukaku's in incredible shape, but he is. Yep. It's almost like he took it quite personally that United got rid of him because he seems to be a lot leaner and quicker, whereas he was kind of labelled as being a bit slow and and not maybe playing the United way, if you want to say it. Um, and then the Champions League final, uh, PSG versus Bayern. Now, for me, that is a dream final. I think that is incredible. It's going to be a great game. Uh, Geth, who you've got for that one? That's a tough one. Um, I think you've got the class of Bayern, Jimmy. They're just a, all so well organised as a side. But then with Neymar and Mbappe and, you know, this Di Maria, just fancy PSG, I think. Just a little bit. They love that little bit of class. Interesting. Yeah, a couple of people in the chat said the same. It's PSG's year. What about uh, what about you, Jay? Have you uh, going for yeah, PSG? I or I can see Guest's argument there. I mean, I mean Bayern did a few chances with really, you know, they could have been put down, but they're like a Rolls Royce, aren't they? Bayern, really, yeah. you know, they just yeah. stop them. I, mm. I think PSG will score, but I can't see them keeping Bayern out. I, 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 I think. I'm going for the three. One, I'm giving you even a prediction there. I'll give you the score. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Do you know what? In fairness, I think both sides defensively give yeah. do do give away uh, chances and they do league goals. So you could end up with like a a five four <laughs> final. It'll be nil nil. It'll be nil nil now after I've said that. <laughs> but um, Man City as well. We'll talk about Man City now. Uh, and who you got for PSG versus Bayern, mate? Um, I, I agree with everybody. I think it's a great argument because you've got the best players in the world. You know what I mean? When the best players in the world come to the party, it's just an amazing occasion. And for me, the only thing that's missing is the fans go back to that point. Um, but for me, you look at the attacking um, attacking players, you know what I mean? Lewandowski, you've got Gnabry who scored two world-class goals the other day. Um, you've got, uh, obviously, Mbappe and Neymar. Yeah, there's definitely going to be goals. There's going to be chances, you know. And I think, uh, it's for me, it's whoever takes the chances on the day. But... I don't. I don't believe that Bayern will play the high line that they played the other night because they will get absolutely ruined by the pace because oh, and they'll have to change. And but, they'll, and Neymar but they'll change and... because, the, like Jay said, they're Rolls Royce. They've got they've got some class about them, and you know what I mean. German the Germans always seem to get over the line, and and I, and I believe they'll do it again. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I'm going PSG. I think it's their year. I just think as as much as I agree with you uh, and with German Bayern Munich, they just seem to be able to pull it out when it matters. I'm going with PSG because um, I just think they've. You look at their squad; it's ridiculous. It's like something you'd build on FIFA or something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like what my oldest son when he's playing FIFA and signs all the best players. That's what it is. It's just ridiculous. Um, one thing, just quickly before we move off, kind of on onto non-league football, I wanted to ask you guys about Man City and Pep. It just doesn't happen for them in Europe. 
and I know that there's this thing of like the fans don't care about it but I think deep down they do and I think it really needles Pep particularly um, like what more can they do and to the they seem to, you know, they got the best, arguably the best manager in world football. They've got a bottomless pit of money, and they got some class players. Um, oh, listen, you know, I mean, uh, what I'm going to say is not going to be a, um, a, a negative on on Pep, the manager. He's absolutely, he's a legend. He's won everything he is to be won. Um, but I, I do believe he got everything wrong against Leon. I just, I just think, I just think they, 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 they took their eye off the ball a little bit. Um, the, he, he changed things around instead of instead of for me just letting Man City play the Man City way and letting Man City um, let Leon worry about Man City. It was like that they were nervous and scared of the way that Leon could could attack them. And, and for me, that they shouldn't have been in the same league. Man City, yeah. Listen, you, you look at the, the chance that Sterling missed, and the, and the game might or will have been different. But for me, you can take those kind of moments out of the game, and, and the game should have been won by Man City early doors if they if they just kept the. Uh, the attacking prowess of the way they played against Real Madrid the week before, because uh, from what I saw against Real Madrid to Leon, there's two different sides, and you know, what I mean, that's not like a Guardiola team for me. Yeah, how can you go from decimating a Real Madrid side to then being really, really piss poor against Leon? It's just bizarre. But then, arguably, is like I said to you the other day, and is that down to Pep to to get him motivated and to rectify him and? You know any issues? I I'm not sure. Um, well, I'll tell you what we'll do is we'll ask a manager in Jason. Where's it going wrong for Man City? I just don't think they've strengthened the centre halves. Have they? You know when no. when, when, they've, when they've got rid of the football, company left. I don't think they've replaced him or, or they've got quality players there. I just don't think he knows who his best partnership is in there. When you when you have centre halves, they need to be playing third or fourth game of the season. The guy is a lot league. What about um, centre forward wise then, Jay? Obviously, get you being a defender, Jay, you being a manager. That um, for me, there's still that was his Aguero's still there. He's had an amazing career, but. They haven't really replaced and, 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 and filled that gap and filled that void this year. You know, I mean, we, we just mentioned there about, about Inter Milan. Um, Martinez, world-class centre-forward. Lukaku, world-class centre-forward. They put themselves about. They've got good movement. They're a handful. I didn't see that from what I saw against Man City, that Sterling buzzes about and he gets in some really yes. dangerous areas but comes off the wing and, and creates problems. And, and Jesus does does similar thing. But I, I don't know. I, I just don't think they've, they've filled that gap the same as other teams have filled the gap to, to, to be as strong as it could be. Yeah, but I still think they're scoring enough goals. I, I think you know, everybody's going to miss Aguero, aren't they? You know what I mean? He's yeah, yeah. Best striker in the world. But I still think they score goals and they create enough chances to win the low football matches. You know, yeah. They've got that much quality going forward. But what they, they don't keep enough clean cheats from it. And I, and I yeah. think you, you, you win games on clean cheats because you're always going to score goals with quality players out there that going forward. I agree. I, I I agree. And to be fair, and I, and, I, and I'll go back to the point about Sterling. You know that 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 goes in, in and he's been yes. amazing this season. By the way, you know what I mean. He's, he's probably missed zero chances all season. Everything he's hit's gone in the goals. He's had, he's had, he's had the best goal scoring season of his life. So I, I'd never be critical on him. He's always going to miss chances, but it's a chance in a in a high profile game, which has obviously cost him in the end. But it's just such a shame that it happens to to someone in that kind of a game. But that's that's to somebody, I guess. Yeah. Um, Geth, what um, were you surprised by the way? The two, like the Man City versus Madrid, compared to the Man City a couple of days later versus 
Leon? Yeah, it's just like it was almost it didn't show up. It's like um, it, it happens in non-leagues a lot. If you're one of the top sides, you you see sometimes you play a bottom a bottom side and you end up not turning up and you you win the teams around you or you, you do well against the teams around you and used to have it when I was at Bath for a time we had a period that we'd do well against the top sides or sides around us and play the bottom sides we'd end up drawing or losing and it, it almost looked like that type of scenario can you can you put any of that any of that down though that the, the, the crowd wasn't there though Geth you know that when you go back to that you know what I mean the players sometimes uh, are motivated by the crowd being there it's such a big game it's a you know what I mean it's a Champions League semi quarter final sorry that you know what I mean? That some players are motivated by motivated by fans in a, in a 80,000 all city stadium. You know? Yeah, is definitely. That down to the manager. But, Sorry, Gareth. I was just yeah, interrupt. I was just going to say, is that down to the manager to to motivate them when the fans are not there and the? No, know, no, well, the I'd, I'd say different. I'd say no. I'd say no with that because I don't think I don't think the manager's job is to motivate the players. And no, you know what I mean? That. Enough, you know what I mean? It's not. It's not a sole job to, to motivate a team going out. And if you can't motivate yourself, you know what I mean? Yeah. Knowing yeah. that the, the it's not like it's the first game they played behind closed doors. That that that's what annoys me. You know, they just looked like a chalk and cheese side from what they played against Real Madrid. You know that that, that they were. I don't know if it was because they were at home and this was in Portugal and and the things were. Could different. it be pressure, mate? And sorry, and oh. again. Of course, you're just feeling the pressure because they haven't performed in Europe over the last years. Everybody expects yes. them to. And they haven't done it, so they've just oh, bottled it. 100, well, hundred percent. You know what I mean? I, I think we've all we've all played in games at every level where we um, it gets to a certain time in the game, and you ask the referee how long's to go. You look at a scoreboard and think, oh no, you know what I mean? That this is that this is now that it's under pressure. You don't want to make a mistake, and and, and that happened. And you know, Sterling. Yeah, we go back to that at that moment because you don't want to make a mistake, and that's at both ends. You know what I mean? Sterling misses a chance at one end. The goalkeeper makes a mistake at the other end, and by the time you know it, you're out of the Champions League. At the, the drop of a hat and it's such a fine margins fine margins yeah. indeed um, okay so that's any other business for this week uh, so next up what we're going to do is we're going to talk some non-league and semi-professional football uh, but just before we do do that I wanted to make mention because uh, we announced it a little bit late this week but uh, Monday evening 7.30 live myself and Andy will be joined by former Cardiff City and Swansea uh, player <laughs> and uh, absolute legend of Welsh football and football generally he's played at many clubs uh, Welsh international Mr Andy Legg will be joining us for a show on Monday which I, I'm very excited about and I wonder what question he's getting in the Magnificent Seven <laughs> but uh, we'll see but uh, yeah no I'm really looking forward to that and I've seen a lot of people commenting already saying he's a good guy he's, listen, he's, he, he helped me so much when I went to, uh, when I went to Cardiff you know he's, he's, he's obviously been there he's had a he's had a rough time uh, with illness as well in his life so you know what I mean I, it's, he's one of the good guys in football and you know what I mean there's not many of them but he's certainly one of them yeah I've heard he's yeah. a top top bloke so I'm really looking yeah. forward to it um, okay Andy what would you like to talk about first, my friend? Um, I want to. Well, I'll start with Jay. Um, yeah, obviously, Jay, you've obviously been a professional footballer. Oh, before we start, though, Jay, do you remember? Um, do you remember being in Singapore? Oh, four years, mate. There. Do you remember when I came over? No. Do you not you remember when I came to... over? So Singapore. He's a story. He's a story for you. So I was. Um, uh, it was two two good friends of mine were over there. So Jay was over there in his team, and I went over yeah. to see Mark Patterson and Craig Haley. So they were both uh, they were both over there. So they they invited me over. I, I, I went on a holiday, but I ended up staying for a month. I went on an open ticket and just 
live the lifestyle. I just use use that as me as me summer off basically. And uh, obviously, I'd, I'd 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 heard you were there. You were obviously a different team than they were, and I, I came across you a couple of times and uh, a couple of lads, and uh, it just it just looked like a. Um, a different way of living, a good experience. So we'll start with that. So how, how did you, how did you, how did that come about? And how did you, how did you find it as a life experience and a football experience? Yeah, no. Uh, well, I was at Hartlepool. I was playing in the Division Two and wasn't enjoying it really, to be honest. And this, this guy called me up and he, um, he said, "Look, I've got you in a club in Australia." So I said, well, "Go and tell me about it." And he offered me a car, a house, a full-time job at the club. So, so I went to Australia. I had a great season to join. We played in Perth, I got picked for the, the state team, we played against West Ham and Knox Forest at the Wacker, we had a big football ground in yeah, yeah. Western Australia. And we played there and I had a really good season. When I came home, the manager of the team, how it happened, the manager of the team in Australia, he got the job in, when, when all the Asian football was kicking off, like the, the, the Malaysian League, the Chinese League, the Korean League, you know, the Chinese. All the Chinese, all the Asian leagues were, were all taken off. And he asked me if I'd go over and play for the year. Uh, I went over. Before, before the best year in my life, you know, I, I lived in a little condominium. You know, I had a couple of good seats. The first year I was terrible, you know, so I had a nightmare. Uh, the weather was obviously the, the, the humidity was, was horrendous. I wasn't as fit as I could have been. But the manager liked us and, uh, and he gives another year. And the second year I was there, I was playing mid- I was a midfielder and I was scoring goals from, from all over and, and I really enjoyed myself and I had like say, I threw my family over there, my family lived there for four years and we, we had the time of our lives really and then we, you know, we came back to sunny Stockton. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's a good experience though, Julian, you know, and I, and I think a lot of um, a lot of young players who get released think it's the end of the world. They think that there's nothing nothing else out there. They think that you know what I mean that they that they go and play in the park with the mates or they go and do whatever. You know what I mean that the for me I think there's not enough um, education about non-league football and semi-professional football and going abroad and, and broadening your horizons sometimes and uh, and being given that. And I think and I think for me and I, and and I've, I've been beating the drum for weeks on this show um, about the PFA and the PFA should have those kind of links and conversations with players just to help them out and advise and. Uh, and just be there for them, and have somebody who's been there wore the t-shirt, so to speak, and just to yeah. just to give give lads um, and girls, you know what I mean, the experiences that 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 they've had in their life, just so that they they can they can open doors for them as well. Because it's it's such listen, being a footballer, professional, semi-professional, is the best thing in the world. But at the same time, it's an absolute pain in the backside and a nightmare because we all know, you know what I mean. Saturdays are either brilliant or rubbish. You know what I mean. No in between and. Um, when you're injured, it's the worst thing in the world. When you're not playing well, it's it's you know what I mean. But no, it's uh, you know you know what I mean. Well, I was yeah, because it, it was it was a great great time. I'm guessing. Oh, it was. Well, like I said, I, I was a, I was an average second division player. You know, Hartlepool doing okay, not great. And I went out there and it changed my life. You know, you had, you had your own sponsorship. Yeah. You were living in a really beautiful country. You were, and you were set like a king. You know, and, and like you said, they were paying your flights home and back back and forth. You, you sort of like. When you tell people that you've lived that sort of life and from playing from non-league player and spending five years out in one Australian club in Singapore and coming back and telling that story, it's, you know, there's been some brilliant players there. Yeah. I remember two players who played in the, 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 the league got stopped because of the World Cup. Two of, them, two of the Iranian lads were playing the World Cup in America um, against America, you know, so there were some good, really good players there who just mm. had evolved really. 
Yeah, yeah. But no, it was, it was a brilliant experience and something that I wouldn't have done. You know, you thank yeah. football for that, really. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Um, so, um, I'll start with you then, Geth. So, in your opinion, so what, what you've obviously played professional football, uh, you've played at Kansas City, you've obviously played non league football for, uh, for various teams. So, what's the difference between professional and the semi professional game? So, what's the difference? Um, it's obviously training every day makes a massive difference to yourself, but it's not a, like the st- depending on standard. Obviously, the lower down you get is a big difference because obviously. Players are not motivated. Got to motivate himself lower down. But when, when it's higher up, you go in a non-league. You're getting paid money, so you, you you're treating it very professional. Like do you mean, you're not going out on a Friday night, going drinking stuff like that. But obviously, the lower down your leagues you go, some people are doing that, and it's it's not a massive massive difference. Obviously, you go national league and national north and south is it's not a huge difference from that and the football league size really. That was one thing I was going to ask you there. So obviously, you know what I mean. You being a professional and you're and you're used to not going out on a Friday night, Thursday night, you know, and and, and, and treating yourself and keep yourself right. So how did you cope with those kind of players who did go out um, before a game, for example, if there was any? You know that it does happen uh, because it's part and parcel. But how did you cope with that? It did happen, but we were lucky. A lot of the clubs we were at, we were. I, I was out with Bath for eight years, and we had a very strong sides and like people come in if they were doing that they wouldn't last long do you know what I mean because people call them out do you know what I mean yeah. you know, players we just call call players out and we, we looked after ourselves do you know what I mean because we all wanted to win we wanted to do the best we could and we didn't accept that do you know what I mean and it was just yeah. it was probably a right right club at the time do you know what I mean that yeah. it just that's how we treated it yeah, I totally agree I totally agree Jay what about you so obviously you've played in in, in semi-professional football you've obviously managed for um, for a very long time and obviously you've seen that transition and you've seen the leagues evolve as well so you've obviously seen the league and football change dramatically especially in the, in the northeast of the football for example so what's the um, what's the difference between the pro game and the semi-pro game and, and then how the game's evolved as well in the northeast? I totally agree with getting there like I, I mean if, you, if you're asking me this question 10 years ago you even, get a different even answer at, even at Hartlepool you know pre-season you would have your summer off and you, you, know, you would go back there a little bit overweight and you'd train and you'd get yourself fit. Managers used to like to be sick, you know what I mean? You do, you do a massive run <laughs> up the hills and people would be thrown up and, and that was that was fitness. You know, and, and I really get that. The National League North and maybe the ego stick to an extent. You know, I, I, I think that the lads now are so fit that the, the food eats, you know, the nutrition that they, that they know about now is so so different to what we had when, when we were, you know, we used to go on the coaches and we used to be banging loads of crisps loads of chocolate. That's all changed now. Um, so when they do come back to pre-season, they're already naturally fit. You know, mm. speaking, speaking, I mean, I've been managing spending for 15 years, I think, and, and the, wow. the, the, the involvement of that club and the players that we've had and I think that goes without saying in the leagues. Um, we, we, we compete in a team, in, in a league where you've got about seven full-time sides. Yeah. It's a big difference. So you can have as much ability in the world as you have as a footballer, but if you're not fit, you'll get found out. And I always utilise that as a player and, and see you've got to be fit. And if you're not fit, you know, you, you won't get far. And we've got a good bunch of that. And I would imagine every team in this league and, and, and the leagues below, you know, a lot fitter now than they were many years ago. You know, I'm vouched for that myself. Yeah, but 
I also think, and I think lockdown as well, especially the the focus has been on certain things, hasn't it? You know what I mean? And and, and I know a lot of, lot of lads in, in the area that I that I live that um, people put um, the five k run times and things. It was getting a little bit tedious, you know what I mean? Because everyone's yeah. trying to beat each other. But it it just shows how, how, how determined, how fit those lads are. You know what I mean? That you see you see lads in in, in semi professional football, part time football who. You know what I mean? They go to the gym all the time and they look amazing, you know what I mean? They look probably fitter than a professional footballer does because they, they also dedicate their time to doing it. And I, I agree what you both say there, you know what I mean? That if, you, if you're dedicated enough and you have a passion for something, you know what I mean? You want to be better than the next person because, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll, I'll say what you just said there, Jay, that, that 15 years is a long time and you've, been, you've seen lads come and go to and fro from uh, some very good players. Um, but... At the same time, there's someone always going to take their place. You know what I mean? So if you're not careful, you're not the best of your ability, you're not the fittest you can be. If someone's fitter than you, somebody wants it more than you, ability sometimes can go out the window because when you, if you run, a, run through a brick wall for that football club and the fans adore everything what you do and, and, the, and, and, and the managers, your first name on the team sheet, it's, ability sometimes can go out the window. You know, the, 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 those kind of players who just non-stop effort, consistency, it's just the, the manager's dream. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, it's a catch-22 because... You know, I keep, I keep Geth, so when uh, when you first got into uh, semi-professional football, how how was the standard um, when you when you started, and then how was the standard when you left? So had it had it evolved massively throughout the yeah, throughout the years I, that you played in it? Well, well I, I went to Spain as an eighteen-year-old kid. Me and a, a lad called Brian Healy, who, who was a fantastic rugby player. Then he went to play for Torquay. He went to play for Morgan. You know, so there were some brilliant players in them days. You know, but I I had the sort of the grounding at Spain with. With the likes of Wes Saunders, you know, uh, who played for Newcastle, the likes of Kevin Todd, who used to, they used to sort of bully you, if you like, you know what I mean? It wasn't a case of being nasty, but they just, they just had that edge. And I think now that the lads, the younger lads, you sort of got, you've got to, to mollycoddle them a little bit more because they're not used to that sort of the grounding of, of physical football where they come out of academies and it's, it's a little bit more technical. It's, it's and beautiful pitches every week. When they come out of that sort of environment, it's a totally different ball game. So I was quite lucky because we sort of came into non-league and then went into the football league in the fight. So yeah, yeah. sort of used to that sort of side of it. But, but to go off what you said, we, we've had some fantastic players through this football club, like Anthony Peacock, played for the youth, you know, the youth at the middle. But a lot of, a, a lot of full-time professionals come out of that league and, and come to come to non-league football. So you've got the best of both worlds. You've got a lot of lads who, Played endless amount of league games, and lads who were just starting off and, and wanted, wanted to make a career. So you know, it, it's a brilliant environment to be in. Guess what about you? So how did you find the standard when you first went into um, semi-professional football, and when you left, how did you um, how did you see the standard now? Um, when I when I was well, saying from Merthyr from Cardiff, and at the time you sort of, sort of you think it's too easy, and you sort of I had this sort of step back a little bit and so get why back you, so to when, when, when you mentioned when you mentioned easy what do, what do you mean to so explain to everyone else because I, I know what you mean because I know I know the high standards that you had at Cardiff yes. I know the ability what you've had so explain to everybody what you mean there by easy you 
you, you just find you, sometimes you find it too easy and like you start doing things in games that you would never normally do and then you have to sort of step back and I remember a manager going to me said you've got all this ability you've got building blocks you're up there your foundations you're built on sand and it was like step back and like, mm. hold on but then when you think about it it's like yeah you've got this ability you can play 30 yard balls you can dribble and all this and that but then you're doing this stuff as a centre half with I want you to defend and defend and then it sort of sunk in with me and then I sort of that sort of kicked me on a little bit then in non-league football and the standard as, as, as you went through it like as I got older you could see the young younger lads coming through they were obviously more into their fitness do you mean everyone worried about a six pack whereas we didn't play like that we were just like yeah. you're fit mm. but they were worried to go to the gym they want these muscles they want yeah. the six packs and all this and it and as i say i know a few people are managed now when they they say and all a lot of their players now are all so conscious of of their appearance looking good yeah. as well as yeah looking good as well as mm. you know obviously they're fit as well do you mean and that's mm. that's the difference when it was irrelevant how fit you looked as long as you were fit they didn't care how fit mm. you looked Mm. Jay, how do you uh, how how do you cope with the amount of players uh, which get thrown to you on a probably daily basis, weekly basis? Clubs you're getting lads who are released by Middlesbrough, Newcastle, um, Sunderland, for example, you know, and they're, they're, they're dropping down now. Instead of years ago, they were probably dropping down from Middlesbrough to League One or Middlesbrough to, to Darlington or Hartlepool, for example. Where now they're, they're dropping down quite a gulf. Yeah, it's so it's so weird one because like. like you talk about now where, where the club is at every day you get all these phone in and you send in your clips and, and you know you've got you know you're all over you've got a clip don't you that's what you want everybody who sends a clip in they're not going to send a bad clip no he went exactly yeah so, 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 so you've got to do your homework you know I'm not believe as a manager you sit around yourself with good people you know and I've been very lucky where I've brought in some good assistant managers and they've all moved on for various reasons but the people around me are so, so important and you've got to be able to trust them but we'll, we'll going back to what you said is about players, some of them look down the nose at you to be a non-league club, you know, when they get put out the full game, they, they still think that, you know, non-league's not great. But they get a shock, you know, when they come to pre-season training or they come to a trial or whatever, or they come on loan, they get a shock to see how, 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 the, how the club won is run professionally and, and how, how, how the players, you know, the players that we've got, very good players. And some of them could be playing higher level, but they've got good jobs. Yeah. So, so along with the way to spend over and with the job, you're not going to get that in a League Two club or a League One club. year or a year, you know, year and year often, they've got the stability, they've got a job, and a two-year deal at spending over. So it's it's a no. Sometimes it's a no-brainer for for lads if you like. You know, we've got we've got family um, in, in the northeast. What you just said there, Jay, I'm going to pick up a point. Um, I find it disrespectful that players turn the, turn the nose up at, uh, at, at clubs. I'll use it as a different word. I, I turn. I, I find it disrespectful to turn turn the nose up at a job because it's a job because there's a potential job at the end of it. The lads are going to get paid and they get paid well for it. Uh, it's something they love doing. It's a hobby. It's a passion. And regardless what level you think you should be playing at and what level you eventually play at, there's a level for everybody, and that level can be found very easily, very quickly if you just have a. Have have the have the have the knowledge and the understanding and listen to people and just give give it a go because you know what I mean the, I, I was I was well luckily or unlucky enough depends on where you look at it to play at every single level from Premier League all the way down okay. play every country 
Um, and it was, I found it harder dropping, dropping down because I found the expectations got even higher. Everyone expected me to score a goal every time I walked on the pitch. It doesn't happen. Um, you know, I found, I found everyone expected me to be eight or nine out of ten. doesn't happen. You know what I mean? You don't always go into the game thinking that you're going to, you want to play well. Of course you do. You want to try your best. Of course you do. But sometimes you don't play well because it's just the part and parcel of being a footballer. And, um, sometimes I've seen young lads coming through that 18, 19, they think they made it. Uh, young lads playing at certain clubs, which I just I, I just find remarkable, um, you know what I mean, in semi-professional level. And, and, and listen, you know what I mean, football's just, it's, it's, it's played a huge part in all our lives. And you know what I mean, whatever level, um, for me, and a good friend of yours, uh, Richie Storr, he told me, it always rung in my ear, uh, when I, I spoke about retiring, and, and really I wanted to retire. Uh, and he sat me down and said, listen, he said, you, you, you can still play as long as you as long as you don't train every day. I, I still believe you can play on a Saturday, maybe it's a Tuesday if your legs are allowed. But play as long as you can because you're a long time retired. And it yeah. stuck by me. It stuck by me for to this day, and hence why that I, I still try and play on a Saturday morning for the over forties. Because I think, do you know what? When I get into 45, 50, I, you know what I mean. I, my legs won't won't be able to do it. I know because I'm not struggling. It takes me probably three or four, five days sometimes to get over a game on a Saturday. So. You know, I mean, my advice to any young player is find that level quickly, play as long as you can, enjoy your football, and just just play with a bit of passion and just to enjoy it because it's the best thing. It's the best feeling in the world playing football, and yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't, and I, it doesn't I, ever get beat. I always say to the lads who come in, the young lads, you know, I do believe Spenny is a great part-time club, but it's not the best club. You know what I mean? Come and use it in the second storm, you know, and I won't mm. stand in the way. We, we've had some great players through the club who still play football league. You know, and, and it is a stepping stone. Sometimes they've got to take a step back. You take two steps, you know, take two steps back, take one step forward. So how proud are you? How proud are you of your um, ability then that, that that you've seen those players progress on and and they're, and they're playing higher? Yeah, it's great. You know, you, 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 obviously the, as a manager, you get loads of things wrong. You know, without a shadow of a doubt, you know, I've made lots of mistakes on the way. I think I think the best. Advice to the managers: you, you, you learn as you go on, and you, you're never too old to keep learning. Uh, I've got two Tommy Miller, who's an A-class license, you know, played in the Premier League. Yeah. Two Parnley, oh, who was at Birmingham. Yeah. They do all the coaching now. I've moved away from all that, and I do all that. And I'll just focus on bringing the players in, and you know, and, and doing the, the shape and talking about you know, bringing individuals in on a one-to-one -one basis. You know, so. That's my advice to manager. You bring play uh, people in around you that, that you know that you can trust. Uh, just because like I say, you're going to need them because it, it's yeah. a lonely place out there. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past for the football club or any club. You're only as good as your last game, really. And, and, you know, it, it yeah. gets stiff every single week. Doesn't matter if you yeah, want yeah. to go. It, it's a tough business. Yeah, I totally agree, Keith. Um, what was the attraction to becoming a semi-professional footballer? Was it just uh, the transition because you wanted to stay in football? What was the attraction? Yeah, I just wanted to stay in football. I didn't want to leave, leave, leave playing football. I obviously before coming to Cardiff, I was at Carmarthen as a youngster, a 17, 18 year old, and just got into the first team and then come to Cardiff. So I always wanted to play football, and obviously, you know, it, it was nice and it was good to get a little bit of money. It was it was never going to be mass amount of money, but obviously, the longer I played, played in it, I was obviously getting better as as a player playing non-league football type of thing and you know the money got a little bit better but for me it was never about money it was, I just wanted to play and that's why I stayed at Bath for eight years because I loved playing for that club do you know what I mean it was yeah. just like I didn't I didn't ever want to leave I got offered more money many a times go to Salisbury with the National League at the time they offered me silly money but it was like 
I didn't want to go there. I just I lo- loved playing for Bath at the time, and it was just. Yeah. What was it? Club. What was it then about about Bath City then, Geth? Because I've, I've obviously heard very good things. You know that obviously when living in Cardiff, I watched them a couple of times when, on a few on a few days out to, to 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 go and watch a game. But what what was it? What was the attraction? What would you say was the best thing about playing for them? Um, it was just the group of lads we had. We just had a such a good group of lads. We were so close knit together. Do you know I mean that we'd always it'd always be people change, players changing? But from when we went from Southern League to the Conference. We we always had like eight to ten players are always at that club at that all the way through that period of time. Do you know what I mean? And everyone stuck by each other. There's never we had we had people come in who were like dropping out from a higher club on big money and you know big big time, but they didn't last. They didn't last long being big time. They we got them in and knocked that out of them quite quickly, and they they bought into how we wanted to be. Do you know what I mean as a team? We've, is that important? Is that, is that important then, Geth? Is, is that important to do that? Because obviously, you, you, everyone needs to be singing off the same sheet. Yeah, massively, especially in non-league. Because obviously, you know, if, if you've got one or two players hiding in non-leagues, you know, not doing what the rest of the team wants wants to do, is game can go. You know, if you're playing against a good side, you can lose that game quickly. It's any any standard, but obviously, you know, you've got to have a close knit team. I think and. If the boys are all together as a team, I think it just makes a massive difference. No, excellent. I totally agree. I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't agree more. You know that obviously I, um, I tried, I tried to emulate Jay being a uh, being a manager. I looked up I to somebody. I was going to ask you about that. I, I emulated and tried, tried to try to listen. I, I took some advice off Jay. I lent some players off Jay uh, to help me in, in in my little journey. I did okay at times, and then and then probably made a. Uh, an error of leaving a club I was at, who, who I was, who had done really well and, and had a bit of success, and, and tried to better myself where I should have probably just stayed where I was and so, uh, and learnt learnt my game really. And with that, why? What was the thinking behind moving on? If you, because you like you say you were doing well, you were um, settled. Honest, honest. If I'm honest, if I'm honest, it was probably um, not having a great relationship with the chairman at the time. That it was, it was, it was, it was, it was getting a little bit fractious and. Okay. Uh, and it was just time to it was just time to probably just 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 move apart and and just go on to another club. We both shook hands and we respected each other since. So it was probably a good decision in that way. And 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 I, I would have rather that than than things go south of that club yeah. and then regret not doing it. You know that that it could yeah. it could have took off at another club and it didn't. And I don't have any regrets. I think that's probably the the, the best thing I'll, I'll probably say. Do you, um, Jack, you would take a, like a managerial job if something come up now. No, no. I enjoyed. I enjoy talking about football. I enjoy uh, researching football. I enjoy talking to people about football, like these two guys. And 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 I've got a passion for football, but my passion for football yeah. is not to stand there and uh, yeah. and and have the. Uh, listen, I know. I know how busy I was at the level I was at. I can't imagine how busy Jay is. You know that, mm. that, that that you know what I mean. And on a on a hourly, daily basis, you know what I mean. And try and run it and be as successful as he has and have the pressure that he has and. Uh, and my hat goes off to him, you know, and all the other managers who, who, who do it. And, and Jay said, they're 15 years. You know what I mean? You, you do less for murder. Well, tell me about it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you're not thanking me. Uh, here's a question, I guess for all of you. Um, how difficult is it, uh, like on a day-to-day basis, whether it's semi-professional or professional football, where you're, if you fall out with your manager or another player or the chairman or someone who you've got to work closely with each day, if that relationship does 
break down even a little bit and it's a bit fractious or if you have a proper falling out like how difficult is it then to to navigate those waters and do your job uh we'll start with jason gorman you go first mate with that one well i think i'm in a, in a fortunate position because I'm, I'm a part-time manager but i also work in school so i'm head of pastoral head of behavior and i, and I think it's just a con continuation of that really i work with 11 to 16 year olds and when you work with 18 to 35 year olds they're just as daft they're just as silly you know <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I think the way I, the way I manage everybody manages differently. I think I'm personable. I think I'm, I think I'm a decent man, man, man manager. I, I let Tommy and, and, and Stewie, Stewie do do the sort of technical stuff now. I think you just got to be honest with players, you know. And I think you learn learn along the way. I've got a great chairman who I've been with for 22 years, which helps. Um, I, I had a difficult role because I, I sort of played with, with a lot of these players moving forward. So the transition for me was, was playing with these lads, a lot of the lads, to, to managing them then. So that was the hard thing because, you know, they used to they used to send pizzas on my house, they used to send Chinese on you know, they used to send send to mine. I remember leaving me older than Indian on the way home from the game with, 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 with the tea side lads who I was just just starting to manage. Um, but they were, they were teammates of mine for years and years. I, I left the phone in the car. I get the Indian delivered as I, as I always do. My wife tells me, well, you're all the Jason. The bill came like 60 quid. Said, well, just the normal, you know. She picked me phone and reordered and ordered and ordered stuff. So then I've started, you know, I took the Indian guy. So I'm not paying for that. You know what I get every week. I close the door. Five minutes later, the pizza delivery came. The big massive pizzas came. Then I haven't ordered them. Then, you know, then the best one was a big party bus came, flashing lights in the estate, you know, like, you to Newcastle. Like, no, mate, you know, I haven't ordered a stab to Newcastle for the weekend. So, so yeah, it was difficult at the first because you're obviously playing with the lads that you, that you grew up with and you've had many fans with and you've had a laugh with. And I still see myself as somebody, the manager, who does have a laugh with you, but I think you know where the line is. I think that's the difference now where that. What I can say now, I think I like to know where the line is Yeah. And I think that comes with experience. Yeah, hundred percent. Geth, have you no, ever, um, Geth, ever fallen out with anyone, whether it be a teammate or a manager or someone kind of above you or that you've got to work with daily um, or, reg or regularly, like? Uh, teammates, we fall out every now and then on the pitch. You, you know, you call each other out if you're not doing something, or vice versa, they call me out. But I think. Most of the time, you clear the, you can clear the air. Do you know what I mean? Especially in football, I think it's different because obviously what happens on the pitch tends to stay on the pitch and then it's done afterwards. Don't get me wrong, we've had some Barneys in the change room sometimes, but you you you, you sort of walk away. And luckily, because you don't train every day in non-league as well, you can sort of yeah. go home, you have a couple of days, you come back training Tuesday, some of the boys take a mickey out of the pair of you for doing what you've done. And it's sort of you, you, you laugh about it and you sort of forget about it. Um, in in work wise, uh, luckily I I've got my own business, so it's me and my mate we're partners. So obviously sometimes we he I he does something I don't agree with, or but instead of holding on to it, just sort of get out in the open straight away. You know, talk about it and then it's done. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think that's the best way to deal with things, really. And how did you find it when you had this fractious relationship 
with the chairman? Was it kind of were you dreading like going in and doing stuff, or was it? It was yeah. Bad? It was. I, th I think it was. Uh, I was. I was dreading um, picking certain players. I was dreading the worry of getting beat. I was. I was dreading that conversation after the game, and you know what I mean. And then, but at the same time, I was also looking forward to winning, shoving it down his throat a little bit, and just. But then, but then that's the time when I knew it was a. It was a bad relationship when I'm wanting to get one over him and he's wanting to get one over me and it just that wasn't the relationship that, that it started out with and um, and then I just realised very quickly that we're both grown ups. Well, he was a grown up and I was a little bit immature. Um, and it's just time to move on, you know. It's just listen, we're both. Uh, it was just yeah. It was there was an opportunity there for me to, to, to try something new. I tried it. Didn't um, didn't really didn't really didn't really enjoy it the way that I was enjoying it and it didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out so yeah just happy to happy I'll give it a go though I'm glad I'm glad I tried. Do you ever uh, do you ever dish out the hair dryer hands properly? Yeah, loads of times, loads of times. There's a good story. The good story. We uh, uh, quite an infamous one in the in the in the Northern League that um, I got I got stadium banned. Believe it or not. Um, <laughs> I, I do not, not sure if you, yeah, if, uh, if, you, if you heard about this, but I got stadium banned because I went in the referee's room and. Told the referee what I thought about him. Um, I thought it was bang on, but I didn't swear. Kept me, I kept my kept my language to a, to a minimum. But left the doors open. But got, got told off. Got reprimanded. I got five games stadium ban. But I watched every single game because we had five home games, and I watched every game from a treehouse. Believe it or not. And uh, wow. and then, but they found out about it, so I got uh, I got an extra game on top of it. So I was a little That's disappointed with that. Harsh. Six I games I for criticising the referee. Gee, yeah, I know. I know. that's but, unbelievable. You get um, it. So we got a few questions in the in the live chat, um, but I'll finish off with those. And was there anything else you wanted to uh, cover with these two gentlemen? Um, I want to finish off with um, last season's debacle, Jeff. Really, with you, and obviously get uh, get Death's, gets um, opinion on it. But um, obviously, last season ended. Well, it probably didn't end. It just it just nobody realised what what was going on. But was it fair? Was it a disgrace? How, how in your opinion? I know obviously, yeah. You don't want to upset anybody, here, but obviously I um, I've got a good relationship with uh, with the chair with the, the two managers at Chester City, who were very um, let's say they're very outspoken, um, and uh, and they obviously got a they obviously got a place in the playoffs, so they they got another opportunity. Yes, it was probably twelve weeks twelve weeks later than what they what they imagined. But how, in your opinion, did the season end, or how should it have ended fairly? It was just a debacle, wasn't it? I mean. You talk about consistency in football and the pyramid system, stuff like that. You had the ego stick on all the Premier Sports, null and void. You know, so then you think that's what's going to happen in the National League and the North. I think it's difficult for me because we were in the playoffs. So yeah, we lost no. one points per game for about more point more five of the goal. However, that works out, I am going to play still. Did they ever tell you? Did they ever tell you how it worked out, Jay? Because I never got, I never, I tried to, to 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 find out what it meant, but never really got the end of it. No, I, I know we played two more games in Gated, so I think we worked out that the, the points per game that there would have would have accumulated would have would have worked out better than ours. You know, it is what it is. We, we, we suffered in terms of we, we didn't win enough games at the start of the season. We were in a re really good victory in a form at the end of the season. We were in and around it. You know, you'd have fancied yourself a game to the playoffs. Um, I don't, I don't know grudges. I think it's one of them where the game, it is what it is, but I think if they're going to do that, they should have done that with the Northern Premier as well, with, with Northern Boyd, so I feel really hard done by that team, that actually won their league, they even stopped in town at the lower levels, yeah. to, to walk their league, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, so, yeah. you know, I, I think it
a different way of tying up and it is in a, in a different league. And I think we're all singing from the same song sheet. We all play the same five. We all put work for the FA. We're all in the same umbrella. But, it, but it's different rules for different leagues. And I, and, okay. and I couldn't get my head around that. Albeit, I do agree with what the National League did in terms of points per game. It, it, mean, it meant that we left, we, we lost out. But I think all team and Kings Lynn were very, two very good sides who deserved to go up. So, yeah, I've got to yeah. about that. Yeah. Geth, what, was your, what were your thoughts on, on the way that, that it ended for for non-league teams? Because, you know what I mean, Jay just mentioned a few there about about teams who, for me, should have gone up, deserved to go up. Uh, we're, we're robbed, in my opinion, you know what I mean? I, I know a lot of the players, managers and stuff and supporters who go to these games. But what's your opinions on uh, on what happened? Um, I thought it was, obviously, I thought it was a disgrace, especially lower down, obviously, just to null and void it. you got teams even lower down, they're paying... You know, some money to these players, even if it's only two, the budget's two hundred quid a week as a budget, they're still paying. They're still the chairman's putting money in to try and get up to the next step. And like a, a good friend of mine, he's a manager at Alsford. They were running, running away with the league, and then it's null and void. And it's like, how can you do? do you know I mean? It's it was no consistency in anything. Do you know I mean it was just all over the shop? It just felt, you know. Felt sorry for all teams really in every every step in non-league because it was just never it was poor for you know even in the conference north and south like you know to give them points per game but how how do you work it out how can you say oh they played two more who's to say that was my point there because you know i mean jay's on about there about, on about gates and who eventually got the place and the, the expectations for them to win the games but the football's not that easy you turn up to a game with no. pressure you know, I mean, you'd rather have the points on the board and 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 let them let them finish the season off. And uh, it's just, I, I don't, I don't agree with it. You know, I know that. You know, I mean, fair play. You're not holding any grudges here because uh, you know I'd have probably got another you, football uh, game stadium ban. What do you think <laughs> of that co- that comment there from Gaz? He says uh, the Premier League and the EFL don't care about League One and League Two, let alone the non-leagues. And I kind of think that has been quite obvious over the last six months, probably. You cannot put the EFL in there. The EFL have not got a clue what they're doing, left, right and centre. They are the most clueless organisation I've come across in football. But, that, but that's what I mean. I think those, the larger organisations who were in charge of English and British football, they do not care about that those lower leagues. And that's a big problem for me because if you haven't got the lower leagues, eventually you ain't going to have the top leagues because they all feed into the well the, that's they all that's feed my up, worry that's that's my worry and that was my worry jay that you know what i mean everything everything's a funnel you know what i mean the premier league funnels down yeah. the championship to league one league two yeah. the conference conference north and south that where does it end you know what i mean you can't just end it somewhere you know what i mean and they just decided to end it um at league two uh, sorry league one yeah. and then the end then they, then they started up with with a, then they decided with the playoffs and you know what i mean there was there was rumors that barrel weren't going to get promoted which then would have yeah. oh look you know what I mean? I, I felt so sorry. I, you said Stockton Town. There was South Shields. There was Barrow. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was all these kind of, yourselves, and I just thought the whole thing's an absolute shambles. But then you can look back at uh, Sunderland, for example, who probably would have got in the playoffs because they were they were on good form. Yes, there were a few points behind and a few games behind, but they'd won the last six or seven games, and uh, the whole thing was just it, it just wasn't handled very well and very professionally. And, 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 and but I mean, again, I again, the fans get punished. I don't think there was an easy way to finish anything, was there? It was no. tough. But like you say, I think if, what, what the argument is as a manager is, is if, 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 it's, 
if it's a rule for one, it's got to be a rule for everybody. Yeah, it's, it's got to go round for yeah, every league, haven't it? Yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, right, we're going to finish um, with some questions from the from the viewers, and we've got I've got a few questions myself. If we're uh, if we need any more size, so what have we got from uh, from people who uh, uh, so, been watching? Uh, first of all, we got Rob Boyle says. Uh, who is the best player or stroke most successful to come out of Spennymore Town? Oh, Neil Bishop's done really well. Neil He's done great, really Bishop, yeah. He just retired um, recently. I think we've played over five or eight games. He's done really well. Ryan Healy played well. Um, we've had a load, like uh, Jack Diamond just got promoted. He was on loan in his last year. He got promoted to Highland Town this year. It's a tough one, but I would say, like, in terms of league appearances, Neil Bishop's got to be up there, really. Yeah, definitely, yeah. 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 Uh, sorry, and, um, uh, sorry, I lost my... Lost my questions then for a second. Uh, I've, got Richie, for, I've got one for Geth. Well, we're on to Geth. So, who's the best uh, semi professional footballer you've played with and why? And then also, if he was the best, why didn't he want to play to the next level? Uh, I'd probably say that's a tough one, actually, because I've played some really good players like Kaid Mohammed went up and moved up into Football League, but then. Yeah, you did, yeah. Good player. I, play, I played. I played with Jim Rollo and he was a bath like and he, he played until he was 38 39 at that standard and he, he was just a you probably have to say him because he just because of his fitness and again he looked after himself before these the players now which I mean he was doing that back 10 years ago and you know he was really really dedicated and he, he was a good footballer he wasn't, you know, like he's not the most talented as in, yeah. but he was just a good footballer. Like, as a non-league player, you'd be the type of player you want in your team week in, week out. So could he, uh, could he have stepped up and played higher? He, he dropped down, so he dropped down to non-league. So he, All right, OK. Um, he probably could play, he could have played higher, you know, because he was good enough to play a right-back, you know, in a football league side. But I say, cool. I think he just, he was in a good job, like, like Jason said, like people in a good job, and they don't they're just getting good money and in a good job, they're better off than going playing league league one or league two. Yeah, yeah, no, great answer. Great answer. Uh, uh, Richie says, uh, what are the guests' favourite memories or moments when playing non-league and professional football? Uh, Jay, do you want to start? Go on, Jay. Sorry, mate. I... Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, great for us, you know. But... The FA Vars is a holy grail of sort of non-league, especially in the North East. And, yeah. and having won that at Wembley was, it was a great achievement for, for the club. You can see 20,000 supporters at, at, at Wembley uh, and lifting the trophy. As a manager, it was a relief, but as, I would imagine as a player, it was, it was a great achievement. So that, that stands high. Uh, taking a club to the FA Cup uh, first round against MK Bond was, was really good. And obviously getting to the National League North as a football club to, to, to go to the highest level that we've ever been, you know, is another real high in, in, in managerial career, really. So, probably them three. Keith, what about you? Um, first round FA Cup, um, obviously we beat, beat Grimsby, that'd be one with Bath. Obviously we've had two promotions with Bath, but I think the playoff final game promo promotion to the National League, you know, that was... Special it was on a on a Sunday. I think it was 
six, uh, five or six thousand people in in the Bath in Bath Stadium in Twerton Park, and it was just the atmosphere was amazing. Do you know I mean it was like a proper you never forget, old, you never old forget football those kind club. of days as well? Do you guess you never forget yeah. those days? No, Fancy. no, we are. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's just one of them days that you just love and. If you could go back and do it every weekend, you'd love to do it. But mm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think though, if you if you did that though, it take it take away how special it is. You know that you know what I mean. The, 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 those kind of moments. Yeah. The, the, the moments are special in your life because they've, they've happened and, and nobody can take it yeah. away from you. But when they happen all the time, um, I'm not saying they're not special, but they you know yeah. they, they become less special. Take the shine of it. Yeah. And, yeah, of course. Yeah, because yeah. you just know become accustomed to it, didn't you? Well, you, you do, don't you? And, you know what I mean. That it's the expectation, and, and, and you, you look at the. The, 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 the Premier League kind of players or the Championship kind of players and they have reservations about dropping down to certain levels because they're used to playing in front of big crowds or big stadiums or at a certain level and they won't drop down to a certain level because of that and you get young lads who are the same because they've been brought up at X, Y and Z Man City, Middlesbrough, Liverpool but they won't drop down to the semi-professional level because they've been in that bubble in that academy and it's just it's not it's not the the, 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 men, the mentality that the best mentality to have in my opinion you know yeah, we've yeah. all had highs lows in our careers but you know that certain times in our in in, in everyone's career and you know what i mean that, that the happy times always stick by you it's just yeah they're amazing they're amazing mm. a couple of questions for uh for gethin uh, very quickly uh warren says uh how did you find your time at mirtha and um what was your best moment there um I love my time at Merthyr. It was great. Um, yeah, it was a good club. Lovely. The supporters are great up there. Do you mean? That's one one thing about the club. Especially now, I went back a second time towards the end of my career, and um, we had a good period. We won a we won a cup final there. So it's probably that's probably my best time there. And I say it's just I, I enjoyed everything about the club. Do you mean they mm-hmm. they moved forward and they've they had a bad they went through a bad period where they well almost went out of existence. They've come yeah. back through and they've come back up, up into a good, a good standard again now. Yeah, they've come back more stable and stronger from what I can gather. Um, and also, Rich Luffman asks, is it true that you've been approached by a big club in Bristol to come on board, the coaching staff, but your wife won't let you? He's right. He's <laughs> not far off, right? <laughs> uh, I've, got, I've got a question for you, Jay. So, uh, who inspired you to want to become a manager? So what made you? What, what? What? Which madman wanted you? Made you become a manager? Well, I had J- Jamie Pollock was my manager. Yeah, I know Jamie was. Yeah, I, know, I knew that at yeah. the start. Yeah. So Jamie was my manager. I was assistant. It was just a transition, really, that came through where, where he, he, he left the club and I had a finite spend over, and I took the took the challenge, and then I was fortunate to, to, to be quite successful, and then. Obviously, the chairman came in, who was a friend of mine, and he's took the club to another level. So, I just I took took bits of everything that I've had from, from managing that work under, you know, whether they've been good bits or bad bits. You know, you take on board things that they've done that, that, that you could relate to, and I think that's, that's the part of it, you know. So, it's just a case of Jimmy Pollock was, was the first person that I worked under. Played at the Premier League level, so you know, yeah. he was the one who did the, the design to sort of carry on going. So it's basically it's Jamie's fault, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it was, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, guys, I appreciate you all tuning in. Jason, thank you very You're much welcome. for your time, mate. Really appreciate yeah, cheers, it. Yeah, and, um, it's obviously, gone to Gath, Gathin's gone missing. Um, 
someone now would make a joke about going missing in a football match, but I would never do such a thing. After the last comment, his missus has told him he's not allowed on anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or he's got a pistol. Yeah. She's, uh, she's, she's revoked his, uh, his appearance. Uh, but yeah, cheers to everyone who's tuned in. Good audience again on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, appreciate it and all the questions. And uh, all right, Gavin's back now. Uh, guys, subscribe to youtube.com slash ace podcast nation. Follow at AC footy show on social media. And uh, Gath, we thought your, your wife had told you you weren't allowed to appear. <laughs> Straight no, after I, that uh, comment. My uh, battery's going dead on my phone, so I think I couldn't uh, get a charger. Right. We'll, we'll let you off, mate. Thanks, thanks very much for coming on. We've had a, I've had a great show, mate. It's been amazing. Yeah, cheers, no, Gaffin. Thanks thank for you, having mate. me. And thank you, Jace. Cheers. Cheers, Jim. And uh, thanks cheers, to everyone Jason. for watching. And uh, we'll see you Monday. All the best. For Andy Leg. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my auntie Louise told mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if mummy or daddy got sick, then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and Mummy and Daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. Network.